Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 127 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Marico. So, this was an interesting day today. I think this is the day that we all learned the exact time that everybody picks up their phone in the morning. Yes, we did. <laughs> because everybody was posting something. So as we record this, a um, lot of things happening, but we did just find out that Donald Trump has COVID. Yes, that was the breaking news this morning. For Definitely. Um, you know, peeps, wear your masks. Um, I learned that in Ireland, Subway, it's been declared that Subway bread is no longer bread. I think we all knew that one, though. Just because the sugar content is so high that they're not allowed anymore to call it bread. Is, is that the reason? Yes, no. the sugar I thought it was going to be all the sawdust shavings that's in the batter. Yikes. And that it's Fat Bear Week. And even though you'll be hearing this Jeez, next just week. judging the bears. Don't, don't miss out. Fat Bear Week is the best thing ever. It's like where they pit all of these brown bears against each other as Wait. they prepare for hibernation to see who's the fattest. Is there bear fights this week? There's not bear fights. Okay? I got my there's, hopes up. I was hoping you see some bear fights. There's bear voting. Bear voting? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I got my money on the, uh, the grizzly wins every year. Well, they're all grizzlies. Oh. They're oh. all fat grizzlies preparing for hibernation. It's Look like at that. You, it's like you don't even listen. Look at that. I'm right. <laughs> it's not a way to start a month because it is October now. It's um, the best month. It is the best month. The dog days of summer are are over. This is we are we are now in it. But I have to say that this is when I like to get outdoors the most mm-hmm. because I mean I really like the weather. The leaves changing. The straight up solitude. So to let everybody know. I am piecing out for a couple of weeks, heading out tomorrow and hitting the woods. Yep. Gonna have so, a good old time. What am I gonna be doing? Not that. I'll tell you that. Oh, I, I what? You know what? This is a perfect time, too, because I'm in like the, the doldrums of marathon training for the end of the month. So it's a perfect time for both of us to get a break. Being in the woods sounds much better. And I think <laughs> that when I think about the woods, I reflect on past trips that I've had and, um, not long ago, I think on one of our one of our episodes that it felt like many moons ago that we recorded this, but about two years ago, we did an episode that was about like our favorite nature movies mm-hmm. and ones that that you should check out and enjoy. Um, and I think it was a really special one. So we are going to share that episode with you again. So we're, today's we're dipping epi- into the vault. We're, we're dipping into the vault. Um, we're going back a couple years. And we're going to share that with you. And in this episode. We pay special attention to movies depicting the natural world around us. So these are nature films that have awe-inspiring scenery, um, science, creatures, the way that people relate to them. So You'll also be able to great. enjoy the, the sound of the baby voices that me and Michelle had two years ago. <laughs> it's going to be stark difference between the two, I'm sure. We knew we knew less then. We were more innocent yeah. two you, years ago. Oh, so much less whiskey has been drunk in that time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call. But this is this episode is what the whole scientific theory of biophilia is all about. Um, and nothing makes it more real than seeing it on screen. Are you familiar with biophilia? Uh, I hope not. So it's an innate affinity of life or living systems. This is a term. It was first used by Erich Fromm to describe a psychological orientation of being attracted to all that is alive and vital. And um, biophilic experiences can reduce stress, 
improve cognitive function and enhance mood and creativity. Oh, so cool. these and other outcomes, they can just increase health and well-being as well as productivity. So again, people, you know, getting outside, it's not just a thing to do. It's really good for you. That's right. That's I'm planning on fixing all that is wrong with my brain over the next couple weeks. You guys don't see this, but Michelle has actually whittled a new walking stick for this uh, journey. She has it with her today. It's quite impressive. I gotta I need, say, I want two of them. I like those people are real. Like you know, they're serious oh. when they have double she, walking she's going, sticks. She's talking about going full Lord of the Rings, everybody. Now you know that it's <laughs> you getting got serious. Four legs. Um. Before we play the episode, I do just want to recommend, well, I think I'm going to recommend because I haven't read it yet, but I have a new book to take with me on my trip, which oh. I'm really excited about. Oh, okay. It's called Desert Solitaire by Edward Abbey. Okay. This was a gift from Andrew um, a while ago, and then I was like, oh, this is the perfect time. Being outside and reading nature books, it's, it's, it's the, my soft spot. It's the jam right yeah, there. It really is. But in this book, Edward Abbey recounts his many escapades, adventures, epiphanies as an um, Arches nat- National Park Ranger outside of uh, Moab, Utah, mm-hmm. you know? And then his like, stories, philosophical musings, he reflects on the condition of our remaining wilderness and the future of a civilization and his own internal struggle with morality. I'm a big I'm a big fan of his brother as well. His brother Downton. Oh, love that guy. There's nothing good about you. <laughs> I'm in a good There's, mood today. Just getting everybody you going. ruined Fat Bear Week by just being you. <laughs> we didn't but get to Oh, Fat Bears. This fat bears. this this is supposed to be um, a really beautiful book about the natural beauty of the West and that it's supposed to be just as relevant today as when it first came out in 1968. So that is my one recommendation. I'm going to read it on the trip, and when I come back, I will let everyone know how it was. And we're going to trust that review because Michelle reads like a 1,000 books a year, as we know. So if, if she says it's good, I we got that high I wish I could actually read a 1,000. That would be amazing. But okay, you guys, so again, I'll be gone for the next two weeks. We will be back with a new episode on the 26th. Take care, find the sunshine, and enjoy. So the first one I want to start with, we've mentioned on the show before, but I'll get into it a little more now um, because of our nature-themed episode, um, is Into the Wild, which is a book, a movie, and a killer soundtrack. Oh, killer. I love that soundtrack. It's like one of my favorites of all time. uh, Didn't Eddie Vedder do it? Yeah. I wasn't even a big Pearl Jam fan, but I became an Eddie Vedder fan because the soundtrack is so good. So get listening to it. The book is by John Krakauer. Real quick, I find it so funny that nowadays like Trent Reznor and uh, Eddie Vedder, the two of the big icons of early 90s, are now soundtrack guys. soundtrack guys, guys, yeah. Trent Reznor is a three-time Oscar nominee. I I think... um, Eddie Vedder got one too for Into the Wild, I believe. I think so he was one. nominated. I don't yeah. know if he won. I don't won. think he won, but I know he was nominated. I mean, they got they it's got sounds. To think about they Common, know what's up. Common is an Oscar winner. Yeah, it's now, true. So wow, well, how things have changed. Who would have seen that coming all those years ago? Jacob blowing his own mind. And Ice T works for SVU. <laughs> all right. What is going let's, on? Everybody? Let's you're you're derailing. We're gonna go back to Into the Wild. <laughs> Into so. The wild. So the book and then the film is, uh, it takes place in April of 1992 is where it starts. And it's about Christopher McCandless. And he is a kid who left his very well-to-do family and he hitchhiked to Alaska. He walked alone into the wilderness north of Mount McKinley. Um, Before that, he had given his $25,000 in savings to charity. He abandoned his car, 
like almost all of his possessions. He burned the cash in his wallet, kind of like to symbolically invent this new life for himself. Infuriating. That's an infuriating thing to do. Oh, I love it. And then four months later, his decomposed body was found by a moose hunter. So the how he came to die is kind of like the unforgettable story that takes place in Into the Wild, um, which is mostly like when he makes like an innocent mistake in in nature because he had really studied and brought books and was trying to do the best he can but it ended up being like irreversible and fatal and he becomes kind of the stuff of tabloid headlines like he's dismissed as you know naive and pretentious and you know his hubris but i think what the what the book does that krakauer shows is that wanting to die is very is a very different thing from being compelled to look over the edge and that is what makes the story really fascinating and the movie which is played by emile hirsch i believe his name is um and it's just really great it even though it has a tragic ending it really makes you feel like oh man i want to i want to just start walking out there into the world and really experience it which is just what he needed so the movie is written and directed by sean penn which is kind of crazy, but he does a fantastic job. And like I said, the soundtrack is amazing. Emil Hirsch gives a great performance. He lost 40 pounds to play the role. So all in all, perfect. It's my perfect outdoorsy film. It fits all the definitions, you know. Perhaps, you know, it lets you know that, you know, don't live out in the woods. Go visit. Maybe not necessarily. I don't know. It doesn't make me feel that way, though, especially reading the book. Like, it, it definitely didn't make me think this was something I didn't want to do. It made me think... I don't know. If I knew a little more, I'd go out there. Yeah. I'm going to be doing it now and be out there eating wild mushrooms and things like that. So hopefully I make it back. If you don't hear from me in two weeks, please come find me. I'm going to be like the second (laughs) act of an action movie. I'm just going to be in the woods with a flashlight. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you? Please, please do that. So that's a good one. So what do you think people should check out? Uh, You know what? I am going to start with Hunt for the Wilder People. Have you ever seen it? Oh, wilder people. Wilder people, wilder people. I was trying to use an uh, New Zealand accent. wilder people does work. I was using a New Zealand accent. That's I a- love that movie. That was like one of my favorites of yeah. last year. I When I saw it, I did not expect anything <sighs> of it. I kind of like stumbled into it. Ricky like, Baker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, so it's directed by Taiki Watiti. Yeah. Okay. Um, the guy who recently got really famous for directing Thor Ragnarok. But if you haven't uh, seen some of his other movies, like Things You Do in the Shadows, it's just they're all really good. Um, but it's the story of it stars Sam Neill. I can't remember the kids right now. Little Ricky Baker. We'll just call him that. From I now know on. the kid who got famous from Deadpool too. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was in that too. Wasn't yeah, he's the main oh, kid. I love that kid. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it's about Sam Neill and this kid. Um, Sam Neill is was dating a lady who adopts him because the kid's an orphan. And he comes to live with them, and they don't really get along too well. But, you know, some tragedy happens, and the two are forced to kind of wor- um, live together. Well, while hiking in the woods one day, uh, Sam Neill kind of twists his ankle or breaks his ankle, so they're stuck, forced to stay in the woods together for a couple of weeks, uh, in which time the New Zealand police department thinks that he's kidnapped the child. So the movie is basically them running away from the police in the woods, but at the same time, you know, becoming a tight-knit family. It's the best. Films. I think we talked about it before. I just gushed about it yeah. forever because it's super adorable. Yeah, it just it's so funny and it's so heartfelt and everything. And I think Sam Neill, like I kind of forget sometimes Sam Neill's such a good actor. Like he, yeah, he is really good. Just to that. carry this movie, um, I didn't even know it was him for halfway through the movie. I believe watching it and then 
like halfway through. Is it because like, there was no dinosaurs? Because he had the beard. The uh. beard threw me off. And then the one they had like a close up on his face, and I'm like, that's Sam Neill. <laughs> what is going on right now? No, that's a good choice. That's uh, a great movie. But such a good movie, and it does show that you can you can survive in the woods for you know amounts of time if you know where it is. Yeah, I mean, it was really there was some really beautiful shots of New Zealand, so I highly recommend that too. Okay, so now another one that is also a book and a movie. Uh, library has both, but Touching the Void, the true story of one man's miraculous survival by Joe Simpson. And then the movie is just called Touching the Void. Seen it, read it, any of those things? Uh, I have not, but I do know that is the most um, highest grossing in, um, documentary in British history. Is that right? It is true. That's yeah. a super cool fact. So in 1985, two young climbers, Joe Simpson and Simon Yates, set out to be the first to reach the summit of the uh, Sula Grande? Is that? Nailed it. I don't think I did, but it's in the uh, Peruvian Andes. So they succeed, and then the two of them embark on the treacherous descent down the mountain, only to be met with disaster when Simpson breaks his leg on a fall. And Yates is like lowering him down the mountain on the ropes. And, you know, the rope usually, it's, you know, it's very taut when the person's going down. And then when they, get stable the person above them can feel like oh the rope is loose now i can make my descent yeah but because he he broke his leg and he's kind of hanging like over this void like he can never get his his landing so the other guy is holding him for so long on this mountain not knowing like what is going down below him and he has to decide whether you know he should just I don't know, stay there and die or cut the rope, which will most likely, he knows, result in Simpson's likely death if he's not dead already and what to do. Um, So the movie is like actors retelling the story from the book. It is fascinating, even though you know what's going to happen because it's a pretty famous story. It is incredibly gripping. It's the greatest mountaineering documentary of all time. And like you said, the highest grossing in the UK. Um, I've never read the book. I was just so engrossed by the film. I've seen it a couple times. I'm sure it's totally worth reading. And again, even though there is tragedy involved, it doesn't take away from just the majesticness of the nature. Like you still want to be out in that. Granted, it's covered in snow, so I'm like, mm, yeah. not as much. We get that all the time here as it is, but we definitely don't have huge mountains to climb. No, sure. it's really incredible, and it's an incredible story of like what they have to do and like terrible decisions that you have to make sometimes when you know there's no option. Yeah, it sounds like a really cool... I actually did not know what it was about. I figured it was just about people climbing mountains. No, it's really good. You should definitely get it. It's, okay. it's fascinating, and... The resilience, it's one of those, like, the resilience that you see in people. You're like, I am not this strong. Yeah. This would not be my story. Carrying somebody down a mountain while I'm trying to climb down it? No, thank you. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. It's even crazier than that of, like, what eventually happens. I'm just going to put you in this cave like that mailman on The Simpsons, and somebody will be back for you. I promise. There goes Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> Brain derailing again. So, yeah, that one, super recommend. What about you, my friend? Well, I only have one book movie combination, so I might as well do that one. So I'm going to go with The Revenant, which is something you should think about considering mm. you're going to be going to the woods in yeah. the same general area that that movie takes place. Yeah, I have thought about it. And Andrew is obsessed with bears and thinks mm. that he's going to see one and hug it. 
and I'm getting bear spray. There's a possibility he will. It's just not going (laughs) to be in the scenario that he thinks it's going to be it. Okay, so The Revenant is an interesting choice. I will say that is an extremely beautiful movie, but that one did not make me want to go out. (laughs) So The Revenant, uh, the book and the movie is, uh, you know, let's talk about the movie for now because I don't remember the character's name. Okay. So uh, it stars Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, plays a mountain man out there. Um, So... He is the leader of this group that's a bunch of fur traders out in the, you know, colonial times, post-colonial times, French-Indian War times, uh, frontier. Uh, and then he gets attacked by a bear, which it's is terrible. L- that scene is unbelievably gruesome. Quite a famous scene. If you think it's Oof. gruesome in the movie, you should read it in the book. It is really even more gruesome. It's in the book. worse reading it than seeing it. Now, oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, because when you read about what the injuries are in there, they did not even get like a fraction of what okay. happened to him. Okay, gross. Thing. Um, so then he, then his son is killed by Tom Hardy. We're just going to call him Tom Hardy for now because it is. And then he, (laughs) so then Tom Hardy, um, kills his kid because not for a selfish reasons, because more like he just wants to get out of there because they hear some uh, local natives walking around and they're probably looking to kill him. Um, and he wants to leave. Yeah. He wants to get out of there and save himself. Um, he expects DiCaprio to get to die. DiCaprio does not die. And then basically goes on a one man journey to find and kill Tom Hardy but incredible journey oh it's incredible the movie resilience people the movie was filmed in places that have never been filmed before so mm-hmm. some of the stuff you're seeing in that movie you literally have never seen before unless you've been there and you never let's be honest you've never been there like nobody's and it's, walking it's around. Leo's his big Oscar win so if you haven't yeah. seen it but granted if you can't handle gruesome stuff like that I do not recommend it no it's a pretty it's a brutal movie. <laughs> it's really hard to watch but it's still Excellent. And the book, uh, written by Michael Punke, Punke, and it's one of the two. I'm but is that his story? No, 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 it's a true story. The Revenant's a true story. But yeah, yeah, but is the author of the book, is it his story, or is he writing about it? No, he's writing about it, because the, um, the real, like... The real yeah. guy didn't write it. Okay. Yeah, the real guy didn't write it. The real guy was alive, like, 100-something years before they wrote the book. Oh, okay, I uh, gotcha. just, But it is, like, a famous story. There's like, okay. There is, like... Um, records about it so it's an actual thing that did happen the movie has a better ending than the book the book has kind of one of those blue endings but the the book movie definitely has a good one like i said if you want to see dicaprio rocking an awesome awesome mountain man beard this is the one to go for (laughs) and bloody limbs this this is the movie for you yeah okay yeah no that's that's a good choice so the next one i want to talk about is a film that i feel like a lot of people don't know about it is based on a true story. I think there is a book about it, but it's out of print. <clears throat> the library doesn't have it. But So it's called Tracks, and accompanied only by her faithful dog and four camels, an Australian girl who's played by Mia Wysikowska in the film, satisfies her craving for solitude by embarking on a solo trip across the desert from Alice Springs to the Indian Ocean. Hmm. So it took her nine months to do this. It's totally (laughs) crazy that she does it. She just leaves everything behind and treks across the desert. I'm going to play a quick little uh, clip from it just to set the mood. Let's do it. Dear sir, I am planning to walk across the Australian desert from Alice Springs to the Indian Ocean, a distance of 2,000 miles. When people ask me why I'm doing it, my usual answer is, why not? Your plan is ridiculous. Why don't you just shorten the trip? Tolina will come with you. 
I just want to be by myself. You must be mad, girlie. You know, that's about 2,000 miles. Six months of hard walking. You want to die out there or something? Okay, so intense, right? Yeah. She's just uh, walking across the desert. And I can't explain why, but that really appeals to me in life. It's something that I wanted to do at one point is I like the idea of being alone and trekking. Well, Although obviously. having some camels would be super cool too. I didn't know that they had camels in Australia. I That's actually feel like I read something once. I should have looked it up beforehand that Australia has more camels than anywhere. What? <laughs> yes. I don't believe you. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do some independent research. All right. Well, I talk about when I do my next choice. You should look that up and see if that's real, and that I'm not just lying to people. Well, yeah. Well. But yeah. So tracks is is an underrated film. Check it out. It's really beautiful and bleak. Um. But yeah. It's, yeah. It definitely sounds in, like a bleak. It's story. good in its way. So okay. What else you got? Um. Okay. How about the next one? We're gonna do in honor of Burt Reynolds. We gotta mention Deliverance a little bit. Yeah. Sadly. So, Again, your movies don't necessarily make me want to go play outside. Wait till you get to like the last couple. Um, but, <laughs> oh no. Um. But Deliverance is storm. You know, everybody knows it's a pretty famous story. But yeah, let's cover it because you know that's what we do. It's a podcast. It'd be boring if I just said remember that. So what we're gonna it's oh, um dude. stars Burt Reynolds. It's a story about four friends who are going down to Tennessee. And they decide they want to go on a nice little fishing, camping trip. Um, you know, they're doing some whitewater rafting, and then wackiness ensues, and things go bad very quickly when they run into some locals. I'm not sure of the technical term. How we to will not them. get into any more detail than that. Yes, but some <laughs> Tennessee Hill folk, and they uh, do not have a good time in that scenario. But oh, John Voight's in it too. That's who I was forgetting. Yeah. So um, it's a story about the guys trying to survive, um, overcome, but it's also about, like, the reason that they're going out there is because they want to, like, prove, you know, Burt Reynolds is kind of like saying you got to be a man. You have to be able to do all this camping because his mm-hmm. friends are kind of like city folk. Yeah. So, like, the whole emphasis for this trip is so they can go, like, experience nature and, like, see what it's like to they, try to live out in the They woods. have an experience. I'll they do. Experience and nature. if you think you don't know Deliverance, which you do, you will at least know it from the song Jacob you ready? Ready? Do a little back and forth here. What is this? That was the saddest sounding banjo I ever heard. I had to do the second tone. I was in a different key. Oh, that's right. Okay. Um but yeah, it's one of those movies you know you everybody knows kinda like the main conceit, but there's a lot more to the movie than just that. Um and especially in their um yeah, it's just a good movie. Go check it out. I mean, it's, it's a, I it's warn a bummer. Every, it's not the best movie. I warn everybody, it's going to jar you because this is non-mustached Burt Reynolds, and it is upsetting the first time you yeah, see him. Yeah, that's it. what's upsetting. As, as soon as I see him, I'm not, like, Whoa. Not the assault. No. It's, it's, it's the lack of the, mustache. It's, it's assault on my eyes when you I have know, to see Burt Reynolds' upper lip. I'm like, what is going right. on we're here? Gonna, we're going to move it on. This is just who Jacob is, and this is my <laughs> life. Um, So this one, highly recommended. Also a book and a movie. I did not read the book. I'd heard some negative things about the book, but when the movie came out, I was just like, love it, which is wild. From Lost to Found on the Pacific Crest Trail, which is written by Cheryl Strayed. And in the movie, her character is played by Reese Witherspoon. So at 22, Cheryl Strayed thought she lost everything that was important in her life. And in the wake of her mother's death, her family 
is scattered and her own marriage is destroyed, which she kind of has a hand in. And then four years later, she feels she has nothing to lose and she makes a really impulsive decision. And she decides that with no experience or training that she would hike the more than a thousand miles of the Pacific Crest Trail from the Mojave Desert through California and then through Oregon and to Washington State. And that she would do it all alone. Yeah, that's a lot of walking and It's hiking. a lot of walking. It's a lot of being alone with your thoughts. But as far as like getting a view of nature, I really love this movie because as you're watching it, she is passing through really spectacular wilderness areas. There's national parks. There's monuments. I think there's like 48 federally designated wilderness areas that she goes through. There's, I think, five state parks, six national parks. 25 different forests so while watching it it you know the film really effectively showcased the outdoors so i think it's really good for that the acting is great and the story is great so you really get um everything and it serves as like a reminder um that wild places i think help connect us you know yeah i don't know not only to each other but to ourselves they're a great place for tranquility and soul searching, and you get a lot of that in the film. And it's there's very a lot powerful. of like, the quiet, contemplative moments, you know, with like striking vistas and all that, walking through the woods. And yeah, everything. definitely, definitely. It's it's emotionally resonating, and I saw that movie alone and was like, I totally get it when you just need to to be alone and to experience that. So yeah, you're like, I feel you, sister. I did. I did. I felt it. I felt it. And um, yeah, I'm just just talking about this is getting me really pumped. When everyone is listening to this on Monday, I am already I'm already gone. I've already camped somewhere for one night. So feels good. I can can hear the decompression. It's happening. It's happening already. You're just like, oh, my God. I'm just cannot wait. I'm just letting it go. All right. We're running out of time. Let's do a few more. I have some more good stuff here. We got I'll rapid fire a couple here. You're going to say something terrible now. So I'm just anticipating. Yeah. Everything from now on is going to be just ridiculous movies. You're going to look at me. I'm sorry, people. I just don't know. Okay. The next one I'm going to go with is one of my personal favorites. The first movie from legendary filmmakers. Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Oh, That's no. right. Cannibal the Musical. What is that? This is their first movie. It was released by Troma. This is pre-South Park, these guys. Do we even own this? Did we you? do own oh, this because no. I've gotten it from here multiple times. <laughs> okay. So uh, it is the story of Alfred Packer, who is the first person to ever be convicted of cannibalism in the United States. I, I can't stop him, folks. He gets his own choices. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> um. So... This is a def. It's a musical comedy, first I'm of all. Sure that it is because it's the South Park guys. So mm-hmm. if you like their kind of humor, you get it on full display here. So Trey Parker plays uh, Alfred Packer, and it's basically a story about where he is picked to be the guide leading this group over the Rocky Mountains to uh, where the gold rush is happening. They get stuck in the uh, mountains, and then only he comes back out of the woods um, when they find him covered in blood. And he's try, and the movie is about the real life trial that happened of him about whether or not he did it or not. It's up in debate if he was actually guilty of it. Hmm. And then it is mixed in with some lovely South Park s songs, which a lot of them I cannot even repeat here because they are I'm, quite vulgar. I'm sure that you cannot. Um, I've seen their Broadway musicals. <laughs> yeah, basically that's what you're looking at. It, any episode of the show, you know what they're going to basically do. Um, but this movie is just hilarious. It For the budget that it was on, you could actually see that there was a lot of talent 
with these guys, with their filmmaking ability. Because mm-hmm. they could probably still make this kind of movie today and it would be a huge Hollywood production. As it you is think now, so? It's, it oh, sounds just powerfully moving, Jacob. Well, considering <laughs> that they could pay like $5 million well, an yeah. episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd say they definitely. All uh, right, I might consider watching that. I actually named my cat after the main character in this wow, movie. Wow, look at another layer. Oh, yeah. Peeled another layer of that all, onion away. All because my cat had the same completely void look on her face that Trey Parker had in this movie <laughs> after oh a scene. Gosh, and it has served her well for the past 15 whatever many years. All there. right. As always, Jacob, thank you for your your choice. You're going to have yourself <laughs> a spadoinkle day. Um, okay. So the next one, this is a book that I love, and it was also made into a movie, which was okay. It's average. Okay, that's so a big trend here. The, I know. It, it really is. Because these stories I think people write are so powerful, they have to make them into films. But the book is called The Long Walk, The True Story of a Trek to Freedom by Slavomir Rowitz. Nailed it. And in 1941, the author and six other fellow prisoners escaped a Soviet labor camp. Um, and they were just enduring hunger and cold and untended wounds and illness and yada yada. And so they escape, and then their march is over thousands of miles by foot out of Siberia, where they are, through China, through the Gobi Desert, Tibet, over the Himalayas, to British India. And it is just a remarkable story and statement about a man's desire to be free. I'd say so. You took quite a little truck there. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes you're reading it and you're like, how is this even possible? Like, I feel like you would be dead. You didn't eat for a certain amount of time or drink. The book has sold hundreds of thousands of copies. And it's definitely a story that will stay with you forever. The movie's called The Way Back. Um, It has, I think, Jim Sturgis. Yeah, I can't remember. So it, it was okay, but it cannot capture what the book captures. So I highly recommend reading it. It's like, come on, guys, you know, stop off in China. There's plenty of places. You oh don't my have to go all the way to India. You I mean, to go from Siberia to the Gobi Desert, you're just like, really? Yeah, when you're like, I'm so cold, I wish I was warmer. And then you're like, no, please, I'm so warm. <laughs> they took the proverbial wrong turn at Albuquerque and ended up in the Gobi Desert. Oh Could have gone to Hong Kong, ended up in the Gobi Desert. What are you, what's wrong with you today? You don't even have five-hour energy. You are That's loopy. what the problem is. It's I got no sleep last night. You are night. looped to do. Okay, do like maybe one more. Yeah. I'm going to do one more, maybe two. I got to squeeze them out. I'm going to put them all in. I'm going to put my, what I call the holy trinity of early 90s outdoorsy movies. Late 80s, early 90s. So the first one, The Great Outdoors. Obviously. Starring Great John movie. Candy and Dan Aykroyd. Yes. Second one is going to be Bushwhacked, starring the legendary actor Daniel Stern. Oh, have you heard about that movie? Bushwhacked, Where no. he is a small-time criminal on the run for his life because he's got a gangster after him. And then he becomes the, he accidentally becomes the scout leader for a group of Cub Scouts on a nature walk. Okay. So it's basically Daniel Stern putting children's lives in danger to protect his own skin. And being when people were like, hey, you know who we could put in a movie and have a star? Daniel Stern. (laughs) Give you kind of an idea where it is. All right. And last, but definitely not least, Almost Heroes, starring Chris Farley and Matthew Perry. These are your nature picks. I (laughs) love that movie so much because it is just one of those ones where they let Matthew Perry and especially Chris Farley do everything that they do well to an uh, 
incredible extreme. Like there is no, if there was a director on this movie telling them not to do stuff, he was unsuccessful. Okay. Because every one of their baser instincts in this movie is on full display. It is a dumb movie, but you're gonna laugh so many times watching okay. it. Okay. See, it's, it's definitely well-rounded films. Of we got some serious stuff. We've got some beautiful stuff. We've got some funny stuff. But it's all in nature. Yeah. All of it in nature. I'm so glad you were here. And a lot it. of it involving bears. So I don't want to tell you to watch your step when you're out there. Stop it. Don't get me going. I already was chased by a bear once. Um, we will save that for another episode. You were chased by a bear. You know, I got chased by an yes. elephant once in, and I still in, hold a grudge. I can't believe Yosemite. you're going back into the belly of the beast. It's true. I'm doing it. Um, so, of course, we have to. We would be remiss to not mention this because the movie stars are boy. But, again, book and a movie. The book is called Between a Rock and a Hard Place by Aaron Ralston which was made into the movie called 127 Hours, starring James Franco. Fan of the show. It's about Aaron Ralston, who hikes into the remote Utah canyon lands, which he's super comfortable in. But then as he's doing it, he's about eight miles only away from his truck. He's in a deep and narrow slot canyon, and an 800-pound boulder tumbles loose and pins his uh, right hand and wrist against the canyon wall. And then through like six days of misery with no water, food, warm clothing, you know, you watch him learn the terrible knowledge of what he has to do. He's just eliminating options one by one. And then he kind of gets hit with this moment of clarity um, and then commits one of the most say extreme and, and desperate acts imaginable yeah so you know he talks about that in the book and then they go into it in pretty good detail in the film so excellent movie excellent book definitely nature. worth checking out one of Barry franco's best performances yeah definitely movie. nature wants wants to kill you and then it's just to throw some to in as we're winding up here the super famous book i'm not sure how the movie did i never saw it but the book is a walk in the woods rediscovering america on the appalachian trail by bill bryson bill bryson writes a lot of nature books um and then the movie is a walk in the woods and it's about bill bryson is writing about himself he's back in america after living in britain for 20 years and he has decided to reacquaint himself with his native country so he wants to walk the 2100 mile appalachian trail which goes all the way from georgia to maine and you know it's just an astonishing landscape there's really beautiful forests and lakes but he is a comic writer so there's really funny um silly parts like within it and the fellow people that he comes across and you know so it's an adventure a comedy and a celebration the movie stars robert redford and nick nolte so if that's those are your dudes then you should check that out that's an interesting combo check out jeremiah johnson for more robert redford in the woods Oh, yeah. I don't know that either. Yeah, it's a really good famous mountain man movie. Okay. Creator of a very famous smiling meme as well. Oh, okay. I'll definitely check that out. And then three I want to explain. You just have to go grab them. A movie called The Way. Super fantastic. Beautiful nature film. Great documentary. All right. The documentary (laughs) Grizzly Man. So that's that's some gut-wrenching that yet beautiful. Makes me chuckle just thinking about the end of that movie. No, that should not. And then the movie uh or the documentary Maiden Trip about a girl who when she was 14 took to the sea to become the youngest person to sail around the world solo. Also very excellent. There's a bunch more, but we are out of time so of we can't we talk are. about um So remember I, Yeah. 
So remember, folks, everything you hear on All Booked Up is going to be available at your local library. And don't forget to catch up on all the old episodes, especially while we're on our little break here on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. And don't forget to, uh, you know, give us our five-star rating while you're there so that way we can have more people. You know, I don't like that you tell people how to rate it. You can tell them to rate it, but you can't demand what they gonna, do. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Five <laughs> stars. Okay. Also, you should know that because I will be um, hanging out with bears and having my wrists pinned against canyon walls and whatnot we will be off for the next two weeks so there won't be an episode for the next two mondays but come back on october 1st we will return yeah we don't know. i mean hopefully if i have yeah, returned mean, again bears notwithstanding you know. <laughs> send a send a helicopter for me um and then i wanted to let you know some interesting earth facts because we are earthy we are very granola today it's my favorite planet this is this this fact is I gonna blow your mind because when I read it I was like what but get this okay there are 12 times more trees on earth than stars in the Milky Way like hello that's cool that's crazy scientists estimate that there are between 200 and 400 billion stars in our galaxy and that there is an estimated 1 trillion trees on earth really that's super cool Hmm. that's a totally cool stat and also, as you're heading out into the world, I want everyone to be cautious because you should know that every year cows kill more people than sharks. So, and you're just gonna go walking among these. You places. need to watch it. Sharks kill an average of five people per year, while cows kill an average of 22 people per year. Yeah. So you better watch your back. I wonder how many of those are people trying to tip them and it just falls the wrong way. I am just wondering when a film is going to be made about that. That yep. is the movie that I want to so see. Matt Stone and Trey Parker's next <laughs> yeah, movie. That's probably true. I would watch that as a musical. Okay, thanks so much again, you guys. I'll miss you for the next two weeks. We'll catch you next time. Bye.